hit well. That's hit very well. That's out of here. Kyle Perkins puts the aces on the board with a solo two-out shot. Cortez to the wall, he's going to let it go, it's out of here! He's gone to the batting cages on ground number two. Didn't think that was going to quite sneak out. He just landed into it. Cortez looked like he had a beat on it, but Perkins lifts one out of Blacktown. And welcome to the Extra Base Podcast. I am Jeevo, and I am joined by Rogi. I'm here. Hey, Again. Hey, how you going? Hey, changing up the back the backdrop, you know. <laughs> Mixing it up. And and growing this out. A little little flustered. It's a little bit toasty, but you know, I'm I'm cool. You spent all day working, have you? I did. Yeah, I don't so get like, rest. First of all, uh, congratulations on Friday night, mate. Big win. Yeah, the girls, um, yeah, dug deep and uh, walked it off, which was pretty good, pretty cool. And a lot That's of heart on the game, that game. Yeah. yeah now, um, mate, before we start, I just wanted to um, – I just wanted to just show – now, look, something happened today and I just wanted to um, – just wanted to, I've got the video of it actually, and I just wanted to make sure that um, <laughs> big shout out to um, to to Rob Gillambardo. Um, now look, this footage is quite disturbing, so um, viewer discretion is advised. I um I don't know if you saw this, Rog, but um, mate, mate, shocking scene, absolutely shocking scene. I, I think I caught I think I caught the replay. It was, uh, yeah, guy, pretty intense. Like the guys, like Mitch Rowe, he throws heat. That's, yeah, that's absolute gas. Like, watch out. I think, uh, or at least that one was. I don't know about this next one. Uh, mate, this, this is the most frightening thing I've seen in baseball. Oof. <laughs> hey. The funniest thing, the funniest thing about that, mate, is that, Rob, look, mate, I hope you're all right, number one. But uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you made you uh, get back in the box after that. But man, I know. you're recovering. Okay. But, um, oh, mate. Yeah. He throws, intentionally throws it through the box, puts you back in the box. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> my, my thoughts are with Rob. But anyway, look, tonight, <laughs> special guest is Cole Perkins. Um, we'll bring him in. Hey, mate. Hey, hey, hey up, how, how you doing? doing? Yeah, not too bad. Just um, just chilling out here. This guy, Very nice. he's gone from ABL legend to to farmer, Kyle Farmer. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah, it's not a bad life out here, eh? <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's quiet. It's quiet. It's much, quiet. Uh, much more quiet than bloody city life, but lots of uh, lots of work to do. So you know, yeah, it's keeping me busy. It'd be a lot quieter than the uh, than the ABL locker room, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, although I miss the banter. The banter is always yeah. good. But um and, and I've missed the boys this year. That's probably that's probably a big one for me. Um it's definitely a different vibe to to kind of sit back and actually breathe in retirement like this. Well literally you're in a nicer place to do it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't get much better, so um it is it is the perfect place to retire, but um obviously uh the workload keeps me busy, so are you saying that you've got 300 sheep and 400 cattle or something? <laughs> Not that much. It's just um, just a bit of a hobby. Um, there's uh, 10 cows on here and six sheep and uh, three horses. So um, they keep us busy enough. <laughs> so nice. Look, for Cole, look, Cole, for the people that don't know you, um, obviously like Roger and I know you, um, if you can go through, if you can go through your, your, you know, your, your playing history, your, your baseball history. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a long time back now. But um, I started, I started off in softball, um, just through schools, and that's probably where I got the itch for. I guess you would say what has turned into my career, but um, at about. I think it was about 10, I crossed over. My dad actually sat me down and had a talk to me and said, you know, there's no pathway in softball really for, for men in the game and um, maybe I should give baseball a try. So started off there and um, pretty soon after started making rep sides with ACT um, and it kind of just progressed from there where made some rep teams, got noticed by who was – one of my former coaches who became one of my coaches again, Damien Shanahan, um, entered into the ACT Academy of Sport and then the rest was kind of history. Yeah, and there's there's, there's so many questions I have, but <laughs> I don't want to get to them. It's um, because your first position wasn't actually catching. No, no. I was um I played um I played shortstop for a while. <laughs> um that was when I was younger and then um it was actually a coach down the line, Brent Phelan, who um transitioned me into a catcher from there. Um that was at fourteen years old. Um I made my first real catching debut at, at my top age under fourteens and and then um Continued with it. I fell in love with getting bruised and battered by the pitching machine and uh, couldn't get enough of it. Uh, is that is that why is that why Robbie took it up? Oh, I have no idea why Robbie took it up. We both kind of started the same way, um, where we kind of just played wherever was needed to yeah. to really fill in gaps and um, and obviously back when we were coming through it was not as strong as what it is now where you know you kind of I guess what you'd call now a star kind of played shortstop and pitched you know out of the field and and did all those sort of things that you didn't really think about another position um, 
until you start getting older and and people start being like, well, well you've you've got a good arm, you know the game, like you can you can actually think for yourself instead of having to have a coach call the game for you, and and then it kind of just progresses from there where you kind of slot into your I guess future or forever spot. And when did you get picked up by the Cavs? Oh, um, twenty ten was my first year with the Cavs in the inaugural season. We actually had a um, an open tryout down at one of the local club fields, um, and Steve Shrink was the coach at that stage. Yeah. And twenty eleven, you won the ABL Clarkson Shield. Uh, 2012, 13, 2012, we yeah. were, um, and that was under Michael Collins. So we went through a couple building years there where um, we really didn't put together the sides that, that we needed to. Um, and obviously in those early days of the ABL, it was, um, you know, we were getting a lot of guys that had just finished college and hadn't had a, you know, professional stint or anything like that. It, it definitely wasn't what it is today where, you know, you almost have to train year round to, to stay in the game. Yeah. And like, obviously you know, we were talking off air about that too, you know, back in the day, you know, you can just turn up, do what you need to do, but you're saying like it's, it's changed. The game has changed and the competition's changed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously I got to experience it from that inaugural year where um, there was a lot of local players, like a lot of Australians that, that really wanted it to, to kick off and, and competed. But as the years kind of went on, you know, life and everything gets in the way of it. But, but those guys really paved the way for people like myself to be able to play for, what was it, ended up being over a 12-year span or 13-year span um, and and reinvigorate the love of the game for guys that um, have been released or didn't get their shot in college or, or professional baseball. Yeah, you know, like you – and you've had a, a – well, you've had a host of New South Wales guys come down and play in Canberra with you. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a few. Yeah, the Sydney Giants, the Sydney Cavalry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, there's a few, and I and I think that um, I think that some of it is that you get drawn to people who you want to play with, um, or that you have connections with, um, mm. and that and that really helps your decisions to because for us, really, it's for the love of it, right? It's it, yeah. it's not about the money. It's we want to go out, we want to have fun, and and yes, we want to win, but. The most of it is is being around guys that you want to be around. Mm. Yeah, you spent what ten years in Canberra, eleven years in Canberra. Yeah, yeah about that. I had a couple of years off um, in between. I think it was yeah. fourteen, fifteen, fifteen, sixteen. Um, just again, kind of over baseball a bit, and and wanted to have yeah. a break and. And when I came back, um, I was actually asked to come back by by Michael Collins late in the year. They had some injuries and I was doing well in club ball and, and having fun again. Um, but really what I said to him was was that I, I want to come back right. I don't want to rush into anything. Um, 
if I'm going to do it, I want to do it properly. And and that's where I really came back in that 16, 17 season and really put in all the effort to, to really succeed in the league. And, and then obviously, you know, you went to Melbourne for a year. How was that? Yeah. <laughs> was how, how, like, like I was saying to you off air, mate, like it looked like you're a totally new player watching you go from Canberra to, to Melbourne. Yeah, it was, it was definitely another kind of lease on life for me. Um, again, kind of getting over baseball and, and going through the motions of, of what is the grind of, of off season. Obviously we only played for, for three months out of the year. And then all of a sudden you, you're back to square one where you have a couple months off and, and, and don't have baseball around. And, um, Melbourne were really that second lease of life for me where they opened my eyes to what the game has turned into. And, and a big guy to thank for that is Alan D. San Miguel. Like, you know, he helped me get ready for this, for the season, even though I wasn't in Melbourne, um, I was flying fly out. Um, and, and then the group of guys we had that year was just phenomenal. Like the most professional clubhouse you've probably seen and, and still being able to have fun and, and, and bond as a group. So were you, were you flying jet star or you're on the private Melbourne jet they've got now? <laughs> I wish I was on the private jet, but, um, no, it kind of just depended on um, on when I wanted to travel. Um, yeah, Roger Sidholm down there does does an awesome job um, with booking flights and stuff. And I would kind of get with him a week before we needed to travel anywhere and go. Right, I want to fly out on this flight because that'll get me in at this time. And and that way I had some wiggle room, or you know, I don't want to be on the uh, six a.m. flight out of out of Canberra to Melbourne. Um, yeah. with all, obviously all the public servants that would be on those flights during a weekday. Yeah. Um, but it, it was really just, um, it was really good to see that they were putting my needs first and, and making sure that I was happy with, with travel and everything. Unlike the, uh, the early flight, the, the giants and Perth heat guys had this morning. So, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 From from a playing perspective, how hard is that flight over to Perth? Oh, it's horrible. It really is. Um, I can remember distinctly, obviously, before it split into two different divisions. Um, we used to travel there once a year. Um, I missed one for, for the birth of my daughter. Um, but I remember you'd leave Canberra at like six in the morning and you would land in Perth at eight o'clock in the morning. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself for the rest of the day. Um, and then obviously <laughs> the, the trip home was just absolutely brutal for guys who worked. Um, we were normally on somewhere between 10 PM and 11 PM flight out of Perth, um, oh. not landing until six, seven in the morning, Monday morning. And then as soon as you get to the airport, it's like, throw your work clothes on. Straight thought, to oh, you got to, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, oh, man. It, it's pretty tough or you have to take the day off. So it gets really hard with work and, and you really have to have a flexible boss to, to be able to do it for a long time, which I've been lucky enough to have. So, you know, we, we talk about Melbourne, you know, obviously, you know, they do amazing things. And look, I'm not just saying that, like on the socials, they seem to just do everything right. 
And look, you know, clubs are catching up to to what they do. But um, you know, obviously, you know, you got like guys like Moylan, you've got D. San Miguel, you had, you know, you name it, Daryl George, like just all these absolute professionals, you know, and legends of of Australian baseball. You know, how how do you walk into that environment and just sort of think to yourself, am I the luckiest baseballer in Australia? Yeah, uh, you kind of do. It's kind of a bit of a pinch me moment, and obviously, you know, they're they're on the forefront there. Guys like Whitey, Georgie, you've got Robbie Glendenning there as well. Jared Dale, who's an up and comer. Um, it's it's a very good and professional environment to be a part of, and I really think that they, you know, a, a few years ago when I played for them, they were ahead by the world. Um, and I think everybody is starting to catch up to realise that it's not just you can't just put us in a shipping container on the on the back of Geelong Field. Um, you have to have a clubhouse and you have to make guys feel welcome and and want to be there. So you know we transition from from Melbourne and then we sort of go into Canberra and you've got you know Larrikins like Boss. You know, there's <laughs> very interesting characters you would have played with in, you know, in Canberra. How how did you find that transition from having someone like Boss that's an absolute pest, and you know, compared to you know, guys that you know get in, do their work, do what they need to do, and you know, they move on. Um. I would be lying if I said that every clubhouse environment isn't full of someone who's a larrikin. Um, I, th- I think that I think that every clubhouse has their guys where, you know, kind of the life of the party and and can really motivate a group. Um, I, I think Bossy's one of the best that there ever is at that. Um, yeah. And I and I really think that you know he was a massive loss to the cavalry for especially this year, um, someone who can bring a group together. Um, but in saying that, you know, like every every clubhouse I've ever been a part of, whether it be through the Yankees or Cavs, Melbourne, everybody's got the guys who who can be the larrikin and have a joke even when, you know, times are dim. And, um, or you're, you're just like in a slump of your life. <laughs> um you know, to, to make light of a situation and bring you out of out of the storm. And like, you know, obviously, you know, they've had Cambo down there for a couple of years now. So you now they replaced one Novacastrian with another. Yeah, I think he just added a bit more um chaos to the mix when him and Boss and everyone were down there. But um no, I love Cambo. Um, you know, and I and I love Boss as well. Like those guys are gonna be lo- lifetime lifelong mates for me um yeah. guys that i could probably just go up to newey or wherever and and just have a beer with at any time um if i was in the area so um you know i was lucky enough to play with a lot of good guys over the course of my tennis years um we'll call it 10 because then i feel a bit younger <laughs> <laughs> so without trying to put you on the spot too much Who's the best import you've played played with on the field? Oh, geez. Can I put it into a couple of different categories? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think best overall athlete that I've ever seen 
um, was um, Buddy Reed a few years ago with the Cavs as a center fielder. Um, yeah. He didn't really start with the world on fire, but it was just incredible to see how he took off late in the year. Um, you know, and I think the hardest part for him was just buying into what we were. It wasn't just another pro season. It was, you know, this means something for us. And and once he knew that, he was incredible. Like, he would cover ground like no tomorrow um, in centre field. And and then, obviously, I, I watched him hit, I think it was two or three home runs one day on a Sunday day game at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning. And, like, put two balls over the batter's eye and, and that. Um, I the the best fielder that I ever saw in this league um, as far as smooth and just raw talent would have been D.D. Gregorius in that first year. Like, yeah. geez, he was, he was something else at shortstop. Yeah. Like, he was, oh, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody like it. Like, he could, he could pick the ball off a bad hop, whether he put himself in a good or bad position and, and just make the play. Um, I the the best hitter that I've ever seen um, as an import would have to be I don't know if you remember Jeremy Barnes who used to play third base for the Cavs. Yep. But by God, he could hit like good quality abs. He would get to a three-two count and then just be able to poke one over second base if he wanted to or. Or pull the ball, and I, I don't think he had a season where he hit under like three twenty. Like it was yeah. absurd. Um, so there's there's really too many to count, though. You know, yeah. you could go into guys like John Birdie, who was just absolute blitz on the base paths, and and Gabe Arias, who's now in the big leagues. Like, yeah, these guys just have so much raw talent that you know. It, it astonishes me to, to think that I actually played for, for 10 years in the league with guys like that out there. <laughs> yeah, but I guess too, like, you know, sort of watching it, you know, watching it, watching ABL as a fan and obviously, you know, what you've done in the game. You know, a lot of people don't realise that you've been around for that long. It just feels like you've been around forever. Like, you know, when I heard that you were retiring, I was like, you serious? And then, you know, boss was retiring and I'm like, like, all these guys are going. I'm like, well, who are we, who are we going to support now, Rog? Because well, <laughs> there's more you think, they can't be that old. I'm not that old. And then you go, oh, shit, I am that old. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> well, then then well, we worry about re- replacing them. <laughs> so, Rog Gillombardo's asked, hey, Perka, can you tell everyone about colour bonding? <laughs> I'm not sure I can tell everybody about colour bonding. <laughs> <laughs> An off-air off conversation? <laughs> I'm not sure I remember it too well myself, so we might just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. So, yeah, we, we talk about, you know, Canberra, you know, we've talked, you know, we've spoken about, you know, playing at Melbourne, you know, went there. How many championships have you won in ABL? Uh, I have two. So I was two. lucky enough to um, to get a couple, which is obviously some of the happiest times of my life and, and 
been to the championship series uh, too many times to count or final series too many times to count. But um, all of those you kind of you put aside because at the end of the year, it doesn't really matter, you know, how good of a team you put together or what you thought you had on paper at the start of the year. If you don't get there, then you don't have a shot. And um, I was lucky enough to experience it twice and once with Canberra and once with Melbourne, which was, you know, really special to me. Um, I have both the jerseys lying around somewhere waiting to get framed up um, for a man cave at some point and, and the medals and team photos and all that sort of stuff, you know, so that you can um, remember it forever. But the guys on those teams, you know, will always form a bond. Like there's currently a um, little Cavs chat going around for guys from the, the 2012-13 and um, obviously the uh, 2013 Asia Series win. Um to um, hopefully one day we'll uh, we'll get around to organising it. As you know, baseball players aren't the most organised bunch, but um, one day <laughs> we'll get together and um, you know have a beer and relive those moments. Maybe uh, somewhere in the states on a golf course or or something like that. So it sounds like a tough gig. <laughs> now we we talk about you know look, people very underrate your your hitting ability. And, you know, up until last season, well, this season, actually, you were the home run, um, all-time home run for Canberra, I believe. Had you had that record until yeah, your brother yeah. got off you this year? Yeah, yeah for sure. Obviously, obviously, it took me a year off for him to catch up. So, um, you know, <laughs> got a credit to him for sticking it out so that he could overtake me. But, um no, I, I, I was lucky enough to get good pitches, I guess you could say. Um, I, I think at, uh, at one stage there, I might have held the uh, strikeout record as well, but um, Bossy took me over on that, so I'm, I'm happy to say I'm not the strikeout record all. <laughs> now, now I, I do have to bring something up because I, I do want to know from your personal experience, playing at the Illawarra Classic. <laughs> Yeah, some fond memories of the early days there. <laughs> Mate, I still remember watching Boss hit that ball over the house in Wrightfield and the lady went and had to go out and move a car. I don't know why she moved the car, she had to move the house. But, um... <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely probably one of the biggest hits I've ever seen in the ABL. Um, there's probably a couple that are close, um, but no, I mean, he fails to uh, tell the story with the uh, 50k an hour winds blowing out the right field. But um, don't let don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> oh no, it was blowing a gale that day because I remember I copped one off the hands and it come off the wall in right center. So nice. <laughs> yeah, so, that's the same. That's the same. Uh, Game that Cambo pitched in, I believe, for, for the Sox. <laughs> it might have been. I think it, it was. I can't. I can't remember back that far. And and Cambo's quite a bit older than me, so I don't think he'd remember either. Well, it took Cambo how many seasons hit two home runs? So <laughs> yeah. again, those gale force wins the right field, though. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you know, what, what surprises me is Cambo didn't hit any home runs at Holloway or Viticon or whatever they want to call it these days. But he, he's hitting them out at Canberra. I'm like, okay, it's what it is. But then... <laughs> yeah, oh, it probably came down to a conversation I had with him from a bunker box about a week before and I told him to finally get the head out. I think he just cheated to a fastball a little bit and, and got it lucky and got out in front and finally cool. finally got a tick on the board. See, it's all it takes. Is there, any, is there any fines if you don't hit a home run during the season? Uh, I, I haven't actually been part of a team that's um, done kangaroo court, but it's definitely a good idea. <laughs> it makes I like money. it. <laughs> yeah, it at least stock the uh, the clubhouse fridge for a while, so yeah, <laughs> that'll be a go. bonus. Let's get on that, Rog. I'm I'm on it. I like it. I'm, I'm going to hit up. I'm going to have Darren from the Blue Sox and say, "Hey, listen here, mate. I've got a good idea for you. Start finding your players to, to stock your <laughs> stock your clubhouse fridge." What the hell? I don't know. Yeah, Cole, you know, we've spoken about, obviously, you know, imports. Who's who's the one pitcher that you've always had, you know, always had the wood on? Who's that Who's that bunny that you've always had in the ABL? <laughs> uh, it, are you talking about my best success ever? Yeah. Yes. It's actually, actually off an ex-big leaguer, and I want to call him out because uh, Travis Blackley, I had his number from the day he got back into this league. Um, I think I hit about 800 off him and I probably hit about two 400-foot home runs off him as well. Nice. Nice. <laughs> it's really funny because we're actually really good mates off the field. So, um... <laughs> Love it. I think that was like watching Kenny um, strike out your brother for his 400. Yeah, yeah, I was on the air for that. That was... Um... Obviously, that's something special. Um, you know, not many. I don't think that many guys have actually got to 400, but maybe we'll see some more in the future. But you know, um, I respect um, Kenty as a player, and and obviously he's a mate of mine as well. And and we've played yeah. together for a number of years, and it was um, it, it's really special to me. Obviously, um, the year before, I got to see um, Boss and Robbie bring up their, I think it was 300th game each. Yeah. Um, so, seeing those things that the guys that you kind of have come up with reach success is is really just like special to me. Obviously, like TK this year, all time yeah. ABL home run leader, and, yeah. and someone who's a really good guy on and off the field, and has battled his ass off to stay on the field for for this long. Um, you know, it it really makes you feel like you're part of something, and and you've got guys around you that, that feel the same. Now, Paul, when are you becoming a firefighter? I am not definitely not. <laughs> because I don't know what it is. All you ex ex ABL guys all want to become firefighters. Like no, I just think no nah, I'm, I'm happy with the farm and fixing cars for a living, so <laughs> <laughs> we had we had Howie and Dina on a couple of weeks ago. And um, mm. obviously, you know, they're both in the fireys. Obviously, TK is, and you know, there's so many guys running around the trap, traps that are in 
you know, in the fireys. I'm thinking, what is this? And then we had Matt Helms on last week. Um, you know, and obviously he's in the US. And he was saying that you know, he's a fiery too. I'm like, is that just like an automatic promotion? Do you get like you go from the club out to the to the firehouse? Uh, I think they've got a lot of similarities, but um, no, I, I think it's just um, I think something that that a lot of us guys have in common is is the dedication to whatever we're putting our time into, and it doesn't matter yeah. whether it's the fireys or you know, business advisor or salesman or whatever, we're going to bring that dedication into it. And that's how we were kind of brought up through the ranks. Obviously, um, TK would have been with Wace back in the day. Um, Howie, I know, was with N-Swiss and, and, and that sort of stuff. You know, the, the, the profile of a baseballer is that we're dedicated to, to serving whatever purpose that we put our mind to and, and staying on track to, to succeed. Now, I did a little bit of research. Now, I'm not sure if it's 100% correct, but um, you've had a few innings pitched in the ABL, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I um, So I was early on in my career, I struggled for, um, for some game time, obviously behind the plate. Um, I believe in the second year, 2011-12, Jack Murphy came out for his first time. I could yeah. be mistaken on that. Um, kind of got not shafted, but like pushed back. Obviously, experienced guys kind of take the lead and and you're there to, I guess, help out where you can. Um, and you got to serve your time to, to make that starting roster. And um, at that stage, my arm was healthy-ish. I'll say. Um, Mate, and I throw throw, rocket. <laughs> yeah, I could throw it a little bit. Um, hey, that was, that was flying in. <laughs> uh, so, so that kind of just led some guys to, to ask the question if I've ever been on the mound and ended up 20, late 2011-12 season. I pitched a bit, then pitched for all of the 12-13 season. And then I played as a two-way for the 13-14 season. Um, ultimately, I just don't think that if you're making that conversion late, that your arm's really going to hold up. Um, I had a lot of niggles and, and, and pains that, you know, kind of held me back and decided to, to take some time off after that. So you were, you were Otani before Otani was Otani. Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, no, I definitely wasn't Otani. I didn't have that stuff. <laughs> I think I, I think I had a fastball and a slider, and that was about it. <laughs> and I got by with my two pitch mix, and by got by, I mean got by. Um, and, and that was about it. <laughs> who, who is your most memorable strikeout? I don't think I have one. Okay. Ever? No. No? No. I mean, striking Robbie out in club ball is pretty good. But, um, <laughs> but, but no, I don't think I, I don't think I have one that's like sticks out. Obviously, um, I came up against a lot of good guys at different periods of time. And, um, yeah, really while you're on the mound there and that's all you're focused on, you're not really worried about who's in the box. Yeah. Mm. I wish it could have been like Otani or something like that. It would have been pretty cool. 
Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, mate, obviously, you know, you, you, you know, you represent, you know, your country, played for Australia. Um, How'd you find that experience? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was lucky enough. Um, I, I think I had one playing tour. I, t- I toured in 2017 with the WBC team, just as um, a bullpen catcher and, and be on the sidelines in case someone got hurt. Um, that was a hell of an experience. But um, playing in that um, Japan Australia series uh, in 2018, I believe. Yeah. It was it was something it was something special and obviously the way that they hold their baseball there is you know you're practically a god if you play for the Japanese national national team so um you know 60,000 people screaming like I'll I'll never forget um, taking over from DC and I think in the seventh inning of one of those games and and being in front of that many people um, it definitely topped. My uh, my world champs experience when we played Canada for the right to go into the top round, and um, there was probably about ten or fifteen thousand people there, and I thought that was a big crowd, and you know it, it's really not in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> and just just the noise, like how do you describe the noise? Like obviously, you know, we hear it on TV. Be but what's it like? Been there? Oh, you can't hear a thing, like. If you were, if you're trying to talk to someone like face to face, you still can't hear what's happening. Um, you really have to be like right in their ear. You know, it's it really is a different environment, especially over there in the domes. Like everything just echoes that little bit more, and um, it's really all about hand gestures and and knowing what to do. Like I can't scream from the plate. You know, cut the ball. You just have to know to do it. <laughs> like. Yeah, it's just yeah. You know, it has to be a second nature thing when you're in those environments. What's the um? What's it like over there once you get there? Like, what? How? How engaging are the fans with you guys? Obviously, been Australian. Mm. Um, like we used to have when we were at training camp, it wasn't too much. Like you probably have twenty or thirty, but as soon as like. WBC, I'll remember this forever. There was probably like three or four hundred people with Australian flags that you were like, I didn't even know that you knew who we were. And they're <laughs> screaming at the bus and, and everything. And so like it's it really is different, like when you put it into perspective of the culture and, and how they behave towards you, you know, like you you've got names on your back, but they have no idea who you actually were. They, they're just cheering for you because they want to, they like Australia and, and you know, that they're behind you regardless. Obviously we didn't have 60,000 because maybe some of those games against Japan might've been a bit different, but um, you know, um, it's, it's really cool to see that they get behind you regardless of what country you're playing for. And I think, any other country would say the same thing. So at the moment, obviously, no ABL finals are on. Um, championship games on now. Who's your pick? Oh, can I just point out what a hell of a final series this has been? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Honestly, like this might be the tightest top four that I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Like the games, you know, Melbourne and Adelaide um, and then Brisbane and Perth as well, both going to game threes, championship series going to game three, close games, good pitching, good hitting. Like I I honestly, I, I don't really have a pick because I think that any team on any given day can win. Um, yeah. I think that there's a number of guys in obviously uh, TVS and, and Wilkins and guys like that for Adelaide last year chalked up their first one. And I, I would like to see guys like Bowie and Bozharski and um, I think even Jess Williams and Alex Hall, you know, win, win their first one. But I really yeah. think it's going to come down to, you know, who's got the grit on the given day and who doesn't give up first. And and I really think it's going to be a tight game, regardless of how you look at it. It's going to be one or two runs at the end of it. Yeah, look, I guess that's just one of those things with with baseball, isn't it? You know, and you you know you can blow a team out the previous day, you know, by twenty. The next day, it's a one you know one run ball game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, for sure. You know, there's there's really nothing that you can sort of do other than sort of go. It is what it is. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of a couple of those blowouts and been on the giving end of a couple of those too. But, um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things like the league is obviously so good now that once you get down to the nitty-gritty of finals baseball and it's a best of three, you know, all cards are out the window. Like, yeah, I don't even, I don't even really think that. Um, apart from obviously the decisions of who to go in and and stuff like that, and who's on your starting lineup, I, I don't think the managers can really control it too much. Um, once you're in that environment, and you know, you've played against these guys a lot. You know, obviously, you know, you know, you've faced, you know, you've faced the the likes of you know TVS Wilkins. You know, all those type of guys. You know, you know what you know what they've got. You know what to expect, sort of thing. But um, you know, what's what's your mindset? You know, obviously in a championship game, having these at bats. Uh, really, you kind of got to take it as who's on the mound. Um, yeah, guy like TVS always knew he wanted to try and blow a fastball by me, so. You know, I'm, I'm geared up for that. And if he throws something else, you know, so be it. Tip my hat, um, which he has done a couple of times in my career. But, um, you know, you really have to look into to what their tendencies are and, and then really go and hunt that pitch. Um, for example, like Tim's here a few years ago, we were in that championship series up in, up in Brisbane and knew he was going to come at me with that fork ball and kind of sat on it. And that was what I was waiting for. Um, and got lucky enough to put good wood on it. So you, you really take each at-bat, you know, by itself and even sometimes pitch by pitch where you, you're really trying to play a game of chess. Yeah. So we, we talk about, you know, championships games. You know, you've, you've won. You know, you've been quite successful, with you know, in the ABL. You know, what... What's life like now for Cole Perkins, the non-ABL baseball player? 
Yeah, uh, nice and relaxed, and, and my shoulder doesn't hurt as much as it used to. Um, <laughs> so um, that's both shoulders, if you were wondering, because um, my left one's yeah. not too good from swinging too hard. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, I guess you kind of just settle into to what life is going to be like. Um, obviously, yeah. I, I miss the game. I miss the lights, walk-up music being announced, you know, um, I'll, when you're playing away, fans getting on you for no absolute reason and yelling <laughs> all sorts of things at you. And I've, I've been on the back end of a few pretty horrendous ones as well. Um, but that wouldn't be in Brisbane, would it, mate? Uh, so, somewhere in Brisbane, but I will say that the Brisbane boys they need to pick up their game because they got nothing on the old Shark Tank at um, Norwood Oval. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you have, to, you have to have a thing during the podcast and tell us what your best comment is against you. Like, who's come up with the best one-liner on you? Oh, no, be, it wasn't. be a great singer. It wasn't even a one-liner. Bloody hell. <laughs> there was one night um, at Norwood Oval where I remember I was sitting next to Brody Downs in the bullpen and um, there was probably about seven or eight of them just absolutely heckling the crap out of us. And I don't know if anyone remembers Norwood Oval, but it was like front row of seats, tiny waist-high fence, and then your bullpen seats were backed onto the waist-high fence. And oh. at the same time, there was about five or six of the Shark Tank boys stand up with a full beer and just pour them on our whole bullpens. Um, oh. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, where are we? Like, I felt, I felt like we were playing in, like, the middle of Mexico somewhere and everyone was going to get killed if you didn't win the game. Like, that's that's how it felt to the players. And, um, so it wouldn't even, yeah, it wouldn't even be a one-liner. But obviously the boys up in Brisbane, like, they come up with some crackers. Um, I'll never forget the one to, uh, to the candy man, David Candlis. Um, where they sung, we've got all the sunscreen and we won't be sharing because we want you burning. We've got all the sunscreen. <laughs> and I, thought, I thought that was brilliant. Like, oh, I that's that probably about two months after the season and I could not forget it. <laughs> <laughs> that's gold. Oh. I, I liked it. I liked it with with all their strikeouts. They put up a, the glue factory for the for the um, Cavs, and they've got the Smurfs for the for the Blue Sox. It's, um... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean those those guys have come up with some good ones. And the best thing is, is that they they're actually playful with you. Like after the game or whatever, you can say hello and stuff. And and if you actually get them back for something like if they're yelling their left rights and you do a little skip or something they all cheer so you know it, it's That's it's good. all light-hearted moments it's you know nothing malice um obviously i've i've seen some malice ones in my time but um you know i i've always you know loved going up there one because i hit really well at that part um <laughs> and, and and two because it's you know, it's fun and and that's what the game's meant to be, you know, and you have to remain lighthearted about it. Like you can't take it personally. Like they're just there cheering cheering their guys on and you know, I've heard some 
pretty horrendous things out of the Cavs crowd over the time. So, you know, you know, everybody gets the same sort of thing and you know, it's fun. It makes it makes it interesting at least. That's it. I, I was I was going through a few names that you've played with some guys from New South Wales. Right? You can always have an Australian team. Ridiculous. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and some guys from um, Brisbane too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've had a few. I'm just like looking at it going, yeah, like you had Dean Aldridge back in the day. You had um, obviously Candy. You had um, Atho, Boss. And like I was going through some of these names. I'm just like, there's like all these guys that you've played with. And like, you know, obviously you, know, you played with, you know, with your, you know, with your brother Robbie, you know, and that's obviously – a big thrill too, but mate, I have to ask a question. Did you purposely ask for number nine when you went and played for Melbourne? Uh, no. So number nine was actually always uh, my number. And the reason I didn't have it with the Cavs was in my first year because I was a rookie and um, there was a guy by the name of Tom Vincent. Um, he'd played pro ball and everything and, and wanted to play and came in. He, got number nine. Um, so I opted for number 11. Um, right. Kind of clo- closest one to it. Um, and then the kind of rest was history. And when nine became available, Robbie um, came into the squad and, and took it. But at that point in time, I didn't see an issue to, to change it. And then obviously um, going to Melbourne, um, d Sands always been number 11. So couldn't get that number off the manager, so I had to choose something else, so I went back to my roots. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, before we go, mate, there's there's a couple of couple of questions I have. Oh. And, you know, it's... Um, Here we go. Let me see if I can get it up for you. I always have issues with this thing. I don't know why. We'll find it. Here it is. Do you, do you want me to be the sound effect? No, no, no. I've got it, Roger. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I'm all over it. Right. So, mate, this is a segment we like to do 60 seconds with Jeevo now. Going to ask you a whole lot of random questions. Um, answer them the best you can. Um, if I do not hear Boss's name in one of these answers, I'm going to be disappointed. LAUGHTER <laughs> <laughs> Because um, I'm sure when boss comes on, I'm sure when boss comes on, he's gonna he's gonna throw you under the bus. So, 100. You know, this this will be one of the things. So you try and start at the end of my first question. So your nickname, mailman. Mailman. We'll go into that later. Yeah. Or pineapple. <laughs> pineapple on pizza. Oh, I'm all for it. You got to get your fruit in somewhere. No, you get the tomato. <laughs> favorite, favorite manager. Favorite manager would have to be D Sand. Okay. Most most annoying teammate. Boss Monarola. There it is. Good answer. <laughs> most, <laughs> most, most, most intense teammate. Oh, Robbie Perkins. Okay. Jeez, he can be intense. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your least favourite teammate? 
I have no idea. There's been a few. <laughs> Your least favorite teammate can be. It, it can vary. Um. Yeah. Couple more questions. Who's Who's the guy that you'd love to face every at bat? Travis Blackley. <laughs> if you weren't if you weren't a baseball player, what would you be doing? Uh probably what I'm doing now. I've always been a car tinkerer, so probably a mechanic, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Nice. Favorite favorite baseball field you've played at? Tokyo Dome. Tokyo Dome. Yeah, I've haven't been there, but anyway, I've, I've <laughs> Yeah. What's your uh, what What would be one thing that you would change if you're in charge of, of Australian baseball for a day? Oh, um, probably bring back the import rule. Yep. I want to see more Australians getting their opportunities across the board, not just for one team or or whatnot. I want to see more Australians. Getting opportunities. Yeah, yeah and like obviously you know, you've seen that that happen where you know we had not not a lot. Then obviously we've now gone to an influx of having thousands, and you know obviously bringing it back to having the Australian Australian league is something that you'd be yeah. passionate about, yeah. I guess. Yeah, find yeah, yeah. better place for sure. And I th- and I think. Um, you know, obviously, as as guys get older and we start to retire, if there's no one coming through that can fill those roles, who are your local people going to come and support? Um, yeah. You know, as far as the baseball community, because that's where this all started. You know, I remember in in the first probably three or four years, ninety percent of the baseball Canberra community used to come out and and support the Cavs, and that's kind of gone where it's just new people who don't really understand the rules and. It yeah. still is a great night out, but you know you need to you need to have that local base to to support. Mm. Yeah, and what are your thoughts on development players? Should they be used more? Or, you know, um, I I think that's a really hard question, and I don't yeah. know how to answer that correctly because I think they deserve the right if they have been put on the roster as a development player, that they should be used at some point during the year. But at the end of the day, we're, we're in this to win. So when, when are you going to expose them to baseball at this level? Um, You know, it's not going to be when you're down by one um, or something, unless they run a bloody five, nine, 60 or something like that. Something stupid, like where they can pinch run and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I do not envy managers trying to get game time for the development roster. Um, but in the same respect, the way when I was a high performance manager with baseball Canberra, the way I worded it to them was you're not guaranteed game time, but what you are guaranteed is the experience of being around the clubhouse and learning from guys who have done it before. So whether that's me or whether that's Robbie boss or whoever, like, we, we've all played pro ball. We all have something to teach you. It's how you interpret your opportunity to gain knowledge about the game. And if you're 
14, 15, 16, and you're a development player, you need to soak up as much information as you can and put in the work, like come to training, take the opportunity where you can train every day and learn off guys every day so that you can experience it before you've actually got there. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's probably the key right there is that, you know, you've been there, you've done it, you've lived it. You know, so, you know, any anyone young and aspiring looking up to sort of play at that ABL level, um, you know, great words of advice to sort of get in there and sort of, you know, start, start your work now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's always something to learn. And, and I'd be lying to say that I wasn't still learning at the very end of my career. You know, I had yeah. so many guys teach me new things about hitting and even playing in the outfield or playing third base or whatever it may be you're still learning the whole way through. So the more information you can absorb early, the more of a head start you've got once you get to college or pro ball. What what are your thoughts on the college process? I think it's way better than what it was. I mean, um, obviously, like I signed at 16, but I had an offer to Pepperdine University at at around the same time after an Australian schoolboys tour. But if I didn't make that tour, I wouldn't I wouldn't have known where to start. You know, those those opportunities were few and far between. And I think we've got a perfect avenue now with um, how, I guess, media and, and social media and analytics and everything to put in front of people that get you noticed mm. outside of that. I think we're hampered yep. a bit being included in the international signing cap. I think there's some guys that probably deserve an opportunity. Um that may not get it, but again, the landscape of minor league baseball has also changed. So there's not as many spots to offer. So unless you're going to hit the ground running as a 18 year old, you you probably college is going to be your best option so that you can actually develop and progress your career um, towards the draft. Yeah. Nice. Well, Cole, thanks for tonight, mate. Um, Always yes. a pleasure to uh, you know catch up and sort of see how you're going. But um, yeah, look, uh, we might uh, get you on another time. Actually, what we should do is get you on as a special guest host oh, when we get yeah. that, when, when we get that test from Newcastle on. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I can definitely do that. Hell yeah, he would love it. He would love it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Actually, mate, did you you play with Moco, didn't you? Yeah, I did for for uh, I think one or two years in the middle there. Yeah, yeah. Way better yeah, brother, you... eh? Oh, <laughs> out of this league, better brother. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, he's a handy golfer too. Oh, that does not surprise me. Those boys are yeah. athletes. No matter what yeah. they picked up, it didn't matter. Cricket bat, yeah. golf club, baseball bat. Doesn't matter. This was a BMXer. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Bloody bend the frame these days. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, dear. Right, Cole. Thanks, thanks for your time tonight, mate. Uh, it's always a pleasure. But yeah, definitely we'll get you on. Um, 
when bosses on, that'll that be a treat for everyone. That'll be yeah, down. Get, yeah, no, that'll be a couple fine. of Canberra, get a couple of Canberra stories in there. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's a few. All right, <laughs> <laughs> no mate. Well, thanks, thanks for tonight, and uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon. No problem. Thanks, mate. Thanks, thanks mate. Take easy, man. Easy. See ya. See ya. Rog. Oh, love catch up with Perko. <laughs> just one of the, just one of the nice guys, eh? Oh, hundred percent. I still remember yeah, the first game I ever saw him. Yeah. Hey, played first base in first grade, and I think it was his first game for for Orioles. And he said, "Oh, mom's a little bit tired, but I can catch if you need me to." So they chucked him in for the ninth inning. He threw an absolute laser to sen- to second base, and hosed hosed one of the guys from Canterbury. I was just like. What the hell? Just that's what I mean. Like when he said, "Oh, I pitched a little bit," mate. He's thrown hard. Like, I've seen his arm firsthand. It was hard. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. See, like a lot of people don't understand. Or I guess you know, like we get on people that not a lot of people. Yeah, they hear of them, but they actually don't know of them. And it's them it. sharing their stories and what they do and how they've done things and. Where That's they've it. been, where they've travelled. Um, yeah, Rog. Well, no one knows the whole story. No. Yeah, Rog, tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm, I'm un- unfortunately, I'm unavailable. Uh, I do have a prior commitment. Uh, it is a tough one to get out of. It is the mighty under eight uh, Vikings for Winston Hills. I can't, I can't just say no to training. Uh, it no. is tough, but I, I do have to. Uh, Excuse myself from tomorrow night. Yes. But it is, yeah, is going to be a good one. It's pops. Yeah, seriously. You know. I know. I hear I you, know. Darren. Oh, look, look who's chimed in. Oh. Finally. <laughs> did, he just, did he just wake up from a nap? <laughs> no, you know what it is? He, he's recovering because I got beat again yesterday. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he was on a Facebook ban. It's just refreshed. Right. He's good now. Uh, he got he got they got up again. Oh no! The mighty third. Grade. MK, MK, Shannon. He said it was a draw. <laughs> oh, and um, <laughs> by the way, just another quick shout out, Kim Robinson. Today's Kimmy's birthday. Oh, so, happy, happy birthday, Kimmy! Birthday, Kimmy. Um, I saw you at the picnic picnic table today out at Chapman Gardens. It's good to see. It's here. It was uh, it was quite toasty out there today. Well, it was toasty actually. They had a they had a heat out. Yep. So I'm not sure what happens yeah. when it gets too cold. Do they have like a cold out or an ice spout or? I'm not sure <laughs> what happens. I don't know. I've, I've actually, I'm going to look up the rule on that. What happens when when it gets too cold to play? I, I don't know if there is a a, temp, a low temperature rule. To be honest, well, maybe, maybe there should be. There's a high temperature rule. We, we'd we'd have to play in Canberra in winter to, to I think to get close to it. No, we'll play. We no, we play with Tamworth. Oh yeah, that is cold. I've played at Tamworth when they've been like, you know, frozen puddles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate. 
Here we go. There you go. And um, Shannon's also said, Kimmy, beautiful lady, happy birthday. Oh, look at that. So, oh. You know, Shannon, you are actually a nice guy. I'm, That's it. I'm actually, I'm actually touched. You're actually a nice guy. <laughs> but um, Gary Everson's tuned in too. Gaz, bottom five joints, one per zero. So... Actually, that's another, that's another chat we need to have. Roger, Gary Everson. I saw him. He was down there on Friday night. Down was at Gilchrist. Yes. Yeah, should have asked him when he's available. You should have. Yeah, I'll hit him up. That's, that's right, mate. I'll hit him up. I can't, I can't do everything for you. But, um, <laughs> and just before we do leave tonight, um, yeah, obviously, you know, there's more sad news uh, this week with the passing of Shane Harris from uh, West Sydney Boomers. So I just wanted to um, send our condolences out to the Harris family, especially Dave, that um, spent yeah. a bit of time with over the, over the years. So, yeah, look, um, yeah, I don't like sort of having shows where we have to, you know, put out, you know, there's all these people sort of leading us. But, um, you know, look, it is what it is. Um, you know, we, we are here as a baseball community. and. Um, yeah, just did yeah. want to send our um that condolences to yeah. the Harris family. And um yeah, I do believe, Shannon, that they, they did a bit of a thing today because Snedo added um Chapman too. Yeah, um, they did. Um, so yeah, look, and yeah, we are a baseball family at the end of the day. So you know That's it. it's um I think you know, we're all start getting older too, Rog. So um, you know, as Perke yeah. said, you know, that's it. They all start with Byron and all of a sudden you think, oh, hang on, we're, we're that old ourselves. So, yeah, yeah that's but, right. But uh, no, that's tune right. in tomorrow night. Um, be a good good chat with uh, Jason Pops, for sure. So Pops is going to come on and I'm sure that's going to be a fun chat. Um, and I'll talk all things women's baseball, women's emerald, women's everything. So, yeah, and obviously, you know, there's probably any questions you have for Pops, please tune in. Um, it should be a good chat. And, uh, yeah, Janine, actually, no, I'm going to ask that question because I actually enjoy that. I like the controversy. So I think there needs to be a cold a cold out like there's a heat out. I think it's um, – <laughs> and on, on Tuesday night, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, we don't have a guest, but what Roger and I are going to do, we're going to have a bit of a, a rundown of uh, the state league and also the women's league. So we're going to go through the, the you know, standings where, where everything sits at the moment. Obviously there's only a couple, couple of rounds left. Um, we'll get Roger's predictions. We're also going to get, um, we're also going to get Shannon's predictions. I don't know why, but just decided we'll get Shannon's predictions out. Um, <laughs> But no, it's just something different. I guess there's, there's not a lot going on with, you know, stats and the stuff, the state league. So Roger and I thought, ah, oh, we'll put it out there on Tuesday night. We'll go through, um, you know, each grade where everyone's sitting, and um, obviously, you know, two rounds left, and hopefully that will get us into into finals, and hopefully finals time we'll see if we can get a couple of uh, managers on from the. At least the first grade teams have a bit of chat talking about finals baseball. But um, that's it for tonight. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for your time. Thanks, and, everyone. Um, 
we'll see everyone tomorrow night. hit well that's hit very well that's out of here kyle perkins puts the aces on the board with a solo two out shot cortez to the wall he's gonna let it go it's out of here Gone to the batting cages on ground number two. Didn't think that was going to quite sneak out. He just landed into it. Cortez looked like he had a beat on it. But Perkins lifts one out of Blacktown.